0: We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening.
1: Today we're actually going to be talking about a message that God sent to His people. Now, one of the things that I love about this season in particular is that it's the start of storm season. How many of you like thunderstorms? Anybody in the room like thunderstorms? I love thunderstorms. In fact, if a storm is rolling in, I will almost drop anything that I'm doing, run out to our front porch to watch it come. The louder the thunder, the greater the show, the more darkness. I am all for it. Do you love storms? Well, you know what I've discovered? I love to watch storms, especially when there's the safety of my house door behind me, because then I can just go back into the house and shut the door, and I am safe. I love to observe storms. I don't really like being in the middle of a storm. Early in our marriage, we uh, bought a sailboat. I've shared that with you before. Now, let me give you a bit of context. Pastor Keith last week talked about this massive yacht that his sister had sailed in. That was not our sailboat. Our sailboat was very tiny. It was very small. Uh, But we loved this boat, and uh, Skip actually taught me to sail on this boat. Now, my favorite days were actually the sunny, bright, calm days. Our boat would smooth glide across the water. Skip could handle the sailing on his own. I would be at the front of the boat reading, relaxing, tanning. Those were my type of days. But Skip, being a sailor, he loved the windy days. He loved the gusty days, those overcast days where he could throw the sails up and our boat would fly across the lake. The other thing that he loved about those windy, overcast, dark, stormy-like days was that he said those were the best days to learn how to sail. So on those days, instead of being at the front of the boat, relaxing, tanning, reading, I was at the back of the boat learning how to adjust sails and steer the boat. Now, looking back, I loved those sunny days, but it was actually the windy, overcast days that I became a sailor. After about a year of learning how to sail, Skip and I were on our boat with my younger sister. She was not a sailor. And we were out on this particularly beautiful, sunny day. We had been out all day. Before we had gone on the boat, like we always did, we would check the radar. Nothing was showing up on the radar, no storms. And so we had decided to stay out the whole day. Everything looked clear, which is why we were out late that day and had just begun to turn in as the sun began to set. But on this day, things quickly changed. All of a sudden, I noticed that Skip's very easygoing demeanor quickly changed as the sky began to darken and the wind began to pick up. And moments later, I was scrambling to the back of the boat to grab the rudder as he was calling out to me to steer the boat as he ran to the front of the boat to start dropping our sails. And he started shouting instructions to me over the wind. Even though there had not been a storm on the radar, a storm had now descended quickly upon us. And we were still about 30 minutes from the marina. And instantly the rain began to pour down and the waves began to swell around us. And I was in my first ever storm as a sailor. See, minutes before we had been enjoying this beautiful sunshine day. And then moments later, we could barely hear each other over the wind And the waves. Friends, maybe you've never been on a boat in the middle of Lake Ontario when a storm rolls in, but I'm sure you can relate to the reality of one moment life is sailing along beautifully, and the next moment a storm rolls in, and with it the darkness and uncertainty of the future. In the middle of that storm, I learned a very valuable lesson. I learned the importance of knowing the voice of the captain. I knew what I needed to do through those many days of training on the days that had led up to this storm. And I knew the voice of my captain. I knew who I needed to listen to in the middle of the storm. See, even, those wa- even though the waves and the, and the wind was so incredibly loud, I could recognize Skip's voice over them, and I was able to follow his instructions as he coached me. And because he had trained me well and because I was listening to his voice, we were able to sail through the storm and get back to the harbor. Now, we're in the middle of a series called Bookmarked. And over these next few weeks, our pastors are going to be able to share some of the passages in their Bibles that are bookmarked because God has guided them through a circumstance in life. Now, when we were designing this series, I actually laughed out loud when I noticed that I was scheduled to teach on this day and share with you my bookmarked passage because it's Father's Day. And my bookmarked passage just happens to come with a birth story. And I'm sure that you didn't expect to show up at church on Father's Day weekend and hear a birth story, but we're gonna have a lot of fun this morning. Happy Father's Day. We are so grateful for the fathers at our church. Now, I'm a book person. I love to read. I do not have a Kindle because I don't read books on a tablet. I like to actually hold books in my hand, hold it, feel the paper. I don't know, some of you are nodding your heads, some of you are shaking your heads, you guys are Kindle people. I much prefer a paperback copy to even a hard copy. In fact, if I ever write a book, I think I'm only going to publish it in paperback so that people actually have to hold my characters and my words and my stories in their hands, which is why if you were to hold my Bible, you would probably find that it opens up to certain sections if you kind of just glance through it. It just naturally opens to certain because there are passages in this Bible that I have turned to over and over. There are passages in this Bible that God has granted me undeniable strength and peace, things that came outside of my situation. There are passages in this Bible that have helped me walk through very difficult seasons. But there probably isn't a passage in this Bible more that I've walked through in the last 10 years than Isaiah 43. And so that is where we are gonna be sharing from today. Now, before I tell you how God used Isaiah 43 in my life, let me give you a bit of context as to what is happening in this particular story in the Bible. See, the book of Isaiah was written by the prophet Isaiah, and he wrote all of Isaiah in a very during a very difficult time in Israel's history. Now, Israel is just simply the people of God, God's chosen people, and they were walking through very uncertain times. In fact, the book of Isaiah is just a long message to the people of God that spans over many, many years. And the passage we're going to look to today actually kind of sits right dab in the middle of this big message that God sends. To his people, And at this time in the story, God's people are now living in exile because in 586 BCE, the city of Jerusalem, which is the city of God's people, had been overtaken by the Babylonians. And so many of the Israelite people, they were actually forced into captivity and they had to go back to Babylon to live as slaves. Other ones of them were... Um, living as refugees or exiles throughout this region. And so the people of Israel, God's chosen people, were scattered all over this region. They were living as refugees in a difficult, difficult world, very similar to the things that have happened in the past few years as, as bully countries have forced themselves into other countries and caused people who lived in that country to live as exiles and refugees. And so as a result of, Babylon taking over Jerusalem, God's people have lost their community, and they lost their home. And it's difficult because not only have they lost their home and their sense of community, now many of them are living in foreign lands with foreign gods. And the people of God are slowly losing the ways of God. And so now they're living with doubts if God would even redeem his people once again, especially that everything is falling apart and they all are scattered. They're likely wondering, would God even rescue us at this point? It doesn't seem likely. And it's that reality that God sends the prophet of Isaiah to send them a message. Now, you can read the entire message I'm going to talk about, if, you're, if you want in your Bibles, from Isaiah 40 to 55. So chapters 40 to 55. This is an encouraging portion of Scripture. If you're walking through a difficult season, uh, this is a great portion of scripture to read because it's going to remind you that God has not forgotten about you and he is with you. Now, I remember the first time that I really read this passage. I'm sure that I had heard it many times in my life before, but there was a moment in my life in which when Pastor Keith said it hit him in the forehead. This passage hit me in the forehead and the Holy Spirit did something with this passage to encourage my heart. The story begins way back in 2012. Now, Skip and I, we were anticipating the birth of our first child. Secretly, we were very convinced that we were gonna be the best parents that had ever lived. Uh, We had been entrusted, we'd been youth pastors for quite some time. We'd been entrusted with hundreds of kids and students. So of course it was gonna be very, very easy to raise one simple little baby. We had a lot to learn. And so on a sunny day in July, After 40 weeks of pregnancy, and then 10 days overdue, followed by 13 hours of active labor that included a vacuum and the scariest moment of our lives up to date, our first daughter was placed into our arms. And I announced that I would never be doing that again. (laughs) To say that I was a bit traumatized would be an understatement. Now, fast forward, 15 months later, and there I am staring down at another positive pregnancy test. And I'm thinking, how can I possibly go through another excruciating labor experience? And in that moment, friends, panic entered my body. And it camped itself inside of me for nine months. Have you ever experienced that feeling when fear comes in like an unwanted visitor and it holds a grasp on your heart that you can't possibly let go of? See, those next nine months were incredibly difficult because I worried constantly about having to go through labor again. Yet God did something in that season that would prepare me for our future. Soon after I found out that I was pregnant, God spoke three very simple words to me. He said, do not fear. And these words showed up everywhere that I went. People would say them to me. I would be listening to a teaching and someone would be talking about do not fear. I would hear it in a, in a song or a book. Everywhere that I turned, I read three simple words, do not fear. And what he was doing was he was reminding me that I did not need to be afraid of what was to come. It's really interesting that when God shows up in people's lives, he often says these three words to them, do Not fear. He speaks it through angels and different messengers. Do not fear. And so I began to take some comfort in these words. Each day as my fear would rise up, I would combat it by physically declaring, Jessica, do not fear. When panic would start to overwhelm me, I would tell myself, do not fear i feel the Holy Spirit saying it to me, do not fear. Those three words became a, an anthem that was on constant replay in my mind. And sometimes, friends, we need to do that. We need to combat the things that we're thinking about or fearing with the truth of the fact that God says, do not fear. Now, it's interesting that the panic or fear never went away. I felt it all of the nine months. But I began to trust God in a way that I never had before. I knew that he was speaking to me and because he was speaking to me, I, I knew, I figured out he was going to be with me in the future. Now, I thought that God was saying, do not fear labor. But looking back, I can see he was preparing me for something I didn't even know was coming. In week 37 of that particular pregnancy, I had a fall. Uh, we were at a wedding, and somehow I missed a step, and I fell down. Later at the hospital, we were relieved to find out that the baby was okay, but my leg was not. And so I sat in a hospital room in immense pain and digested the news that I was gonna be in a full leg stabilizer until at least I had delivered the baby. And as I sat there and fear gripped my heart, I heard God say, do not fear. And even though it felt like I was drowning, like out in open water and I couldn't hang on to anything. Those words, do not fear, almost felt like a life ring that someone had thrown into the water that I could grab onto. Now, for the next three weeks, I adjusted to life as a young mom with a toddler, uh, massively pregnant, physically unable to properly even walk because I was in a leg stabilizer. Everything about my life was extremely difficult. But hope was on the horizon because the evening before my due date, I started to feel those familiar pains of labor. Now, I was in our basement. Uh, It was late at night, like I think like 9.30. Um, Kennedy, our youngest daughter, or our only daughter at the time, was upstairs in her room, and she was tucked into bed. And so this was an answer to my prayer, because I had been praying that I would labor through the night while she was sleeping. And so all of a sudden, I was like, do not fear. God's been talking to me. This is all going to work out amazing. I was so excited. I could feel such a Such a peace come over my life, and I'm downstairs in the basement. Skip is off playing hockey. And so I I remember I heard the front door open, and I heard him walk across the main floor, and I heard him open the basement door and get ready to come downstairs. Now, I'll never forget the sound, because Skip usually bounds down our staircase. (laughs) Uh, But in this sense, it was like he was hopping from step to step to step very, very slowly. And he finally got to the bottom of the stairs, and I saw his face, and he was wincing in pain, and all the peace drained from my body. As he said, I think my foot might be broken. And so, because it was 11 p.m. and we didn't know what to do, we decided, well, we should go to bed and get some rest. That was a terrible idea. By the next afternoon, we were both at the hospital, Skip's foot was indeed broken and needed to be put in a cast, and I was indeed in labour and needed to deliver our baby. And I really wish I had a picture to show you of what we looked like when we entered that hospital. We had the car seat, you'll remember that I was in a full leg stabilizer, and Skip was now on crutches. In fact, I can hear, as I carried the car seat and bags, because he couldn't, because he was in crutches, I can hear that clickety-click of his crutches going down the hallway of labor and delivery. And let me tell you, I don't think I've ever been more annoyed with anybody (laughs) in my entire life than I was with Skip and his crutches in that moment. And the Holy Spirit kept whispering to me, do not fear, do not fear. Fast forward a few hours later, And there we were after the most peaceful, almost pain free delivery. And we were holding our baby in our arms. And in that moment, I could tangibly feel God's presence and peace. And my heart was filled with gratitude for the way that He had prepared us for the difficult days we had just lived through, but also knowing that the season was done. Like, we had obviously lived through the most difficult parts of this journey. I was grateful. I could almost even laugh in that moment. As I held Summer, my leg was in the leg stabilizer, Skip had a broken foot. I could almost laugh at what had happened up until that point as we held our beautiful, healthy, new baby daughter. See, beyond our knee and ankle issues, the medical team had said that everything was healthy and we probably would be able to leave later that evening. And so one of the doctors that we knew stopped in to see us because he had heard the crazy story. And I remember he said, well, let me just do one more check on our girl here. And he pulled out his stethoscope and he placed it on her heart. And then I watched as he leaned down to listen to her and his eyes turned to me very compassionately and my heart sank. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me in that moment, Jessica, do not fear as the doctor explained that what he heard through his stethoscope likely meant that there was an issue with summer's heart and then a few hours later the holy spirit whispered to me jessica do not fear as i lay next to our newborn baby daughter as they did an echo on her heart and a few later hours after that the holy spirit whispered to me jessica do not fear as the doctor explained to us what it meant for an infant to be born with a hole in their heart. See, he was using words like, it's fairly common, but all I could think about is that a hole in my baby's heart sounds anything like common. And for the next three years, the Holy Spirit whispered, do not fear, every time I laid beside her for yet another test. Do not fear, every time I panicked and worried Do not fear every time I considered what it might mean if that hole in her heart did not close on its own. It was in this season that God led me to the passage in Isaiah 43, one to seven, and it says this. Listen to the Lord who created you, O Israel. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You are precious to me, and I love you. And friends, as I walked through that very difficult season, I clung to this passage and the promise. In the same way that I imagine the people of God must have clung to to the promise that Isaiah was speaking over them. And as difficult as it was, I learned three truths from Isaiah 43 in that particular storm that led me through and have led me through storms since then. The first is this, God prepares us for what is ahead. See, God knew that a day would come when his people were exiled from Jerusalem and scattered throughout the region. He knew they would wonder if he was still with them. if it, They would wonder if his plan all along was coming to fruition. He knew that he would lead them into their future. Friends, God knows the season that we will walk through because there's a fancy word for it. It's called omniscient. It simply means God knows everything. God knows everything. In those eight months leading up to Summer's birth, God had prepared me for the three years that were gonna follow her birth. He knew I would struggle with the reality of my leg being confined to a leg stabilizer. He knew that Skip would break his ankle the day before Summer was born. And he knew that Summer would be born with a hole in her heart that would require years of monitoring. He knew the stormy season that was approaching in our lives. And so he had prepared me for it by whispering three simple words, do not fear. But what he was really doing was he was teaching me to hear his voice. The Bible says this, God knows, God, you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, you know when I stand up. You know my thoughts, you know what I'm going to say before I even say it. The fact that God knew the season that we were walking through and that he allowed it actually brought a hard-to-explain peace to my heart. I didn't want to go through it. I was so angry at him because we had to walk through it. But I also felt safe knowing that it had not come as a surprise to him. And friends, let me tell you, if you're walking through a difficult season, that has not come as a surprise to God. God knew that it was going to happen, just like he knew the difficult season that we would walk through. And so he had begun to prepare me for it by telling me, Do not fear. It was also evident that we were not alone, that He went went with us as we walked through that journey. There's another fancy word for this one as well. It's called omnipresent, and it simply means that God is everywhere. It means that as you walk through your life and the joys and the trials that you walk through, He is also helping me walk through the joys and trials of my life. As we live in North America and deal with the realities of what it's like to live in our culture and our economy, He also is with the people in India and the Philippines and Colombia, helping them navigate the realities that they are currently living in. Psalms 139, verse 7 says this I can never escape from your spirit, I can never get away from your presence. And the truth is that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. And because of that reality, we are never alone, which means that I was never alone when I went through the next three years visiting specialists, doing tests with our daughter, waiting for results. It meant I was never alone when I spent entire nights rocking her, praying, weeping, bargaining with God, yelling at Him. As I mourned and wrestled with our difficult reality God was right there as I was holding my daughter. He was holding me. And during those nights, God would remind me of the truth of Isaiah 43, one to seven. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. You will not drown. The fire will not consume you. Friends, God prepares you for the seasons that are ahead. And he does it in many different ways. Sometimes he equips you with things that you will need to walk through that season. Sometimes he speaks to you. Sometimes he provides in advance the things that you will need to get through them. Sometimes he gives us the gift of community in advance. So then when we're walking through a difficult season, we have people around us to surround us and pray for us. But in whatever way he chooses to prepare you, I know this, God is a good father and he prepares us for what is going to come. The second truth is this, God reminds us of who he is and who we are. In seasons of difficulty, it is so important for us to remember who God is and who we are. He calls himself our father, and a parent's role is to care for, guide, protect, protect, nurture their children. A child's role, though, is to make mistakes, to learn, to grow. This past week, our son made a mistake he makes them all the time, that, um, that resulted in a consequence for him. And this particular consequence was that he got his Pokemon binder taken away for a few days. Now, he loves his Pokemon binder. If you're a parent and your kid is interested in Pokemon, I would tell you to run, because it is, a, honestly, you just don't even want to get involved in it. So he, he lost his Pokemon binder, and the reason we took it away from him is to help him understand that our choices have Consequences. See, as a parent, it is our responsibility to encourage our kids to learn from their mistakes so that if another choice comes up in their future, they might make a better one. Maybe they'll grow wiser and choose the better option. So when I took away his Pokemon cards, well, Max was not pleased with me. He wasn't happy to be the child instead of the parent with all of the power. Now, later that week, another scenario came up that involved another kid... And in that moment, he needed a parent to intervene, so he ran to me and asked me to help him, which I did. And then all of a sudden, having a parent in control was a positive thing in his mind. Friends, some of us struggle with being children. We struggle with the reality that anyone beyond ourselves has control over our lives. And it's not until we need God to take control that we're comfortable with him being all powerful. But there's a comfort in knowing that God is powerful and completely in control. There's a word for it, and it's called this, omnipotent. And it means God has unlimited power. And because God is omnipotent, it means that God had allowed, not caused, but allowed Skip and I to walk through a difficult season that we did. He didn't cause it. God doesn't cause it, he allows it. He had the ability to intervene before it ever had happened, but for some reason that is so much higher than my pay grade to understand, he did not intervene. In the same way, God, he didn't always stop bad things from happening to his people, the Israelites. Instead of stopping things, he led his people through, which was what the prophet Isaiah was trying to help them understand. And as the prophet Isaiah spoke the promise of Isaiah 43 over their lives, these would not have been empty words for them, but rather they would have brought up images and memories to their lives because these are the people that would have grown up hearing the stories of what God had done for the people of Israel. See, when Isaiah declared, listen to the Lord who created you, God was reminding them to remember that he was their creator. He had created the land that they were currently standing on and he had also created the land that had been taken from them. When Isaiah declared, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. God was reminding them of a time when God had called Abraham and Sarah and promised that he would give him, them a family that he would use to bless the whole world. What God was saying to the Israelites was, I had called you decades ago, and I'm calling you today. You are mine. When Isaiah spoke to them and said, when you go through deep waters, God will go with you, their minds would have shifted to a time that God had rescued his people from slavery in Egypt and led them through the waters of the Red Sea by parting it. The truth is that even greater rivers of difficulty, they had actually, their people had actually walked through as Pharaoh's army chased them down, hunting them. But God had been faithful. He had protected them and led them to safety. And finally, when Isaiah declares to them, though you might walk through, when you might walk through fires, they will not burn you. Their minds would have triggered immediately to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who had been thrown into a fiery furnace because they refused to bow their heads down to other idols. And God had protected them. God was saying, trust me. I've I've been there for my people in the past. I will be there for you too. Friends, the truth is that God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful, and we should be incredibly comforted by that fact as we walk through difficult seasons. God does does and can intervene in different situations that are far beyond our ways. And as they fled Egypt trying to get away from Pharaoh's army and got stopped at the Red Sea, I imagine they probably wished for boats. Like, God, send some boats that we can get on so that we can get out of here. Instead, God does something much more Incredible for them, he parts the Red Sea. Never doubt what God can do. He does not always answer in the way that we ask him to, but he always does things more than we can imagine. He is always there. The last lesson I learned was the truth that God does not change. James 1.17 says, God does not change. In fact, it says, God, the Father of lights, does not change. Friends, in that season, my worries, my emotions, my moods changed minute by minute, hour by hour as we walked through that difficult season with our daughter's health. Some days it was easy for me to trust God that he was going to show up. Other days it was incredibly difficult, almost felt impossible. But even as I changed, some days for the better, some days for the worse, God remained unchanged. He was faithful, he was present, he was steady. And he continued to speak those same three words to me throughout the entire journey. Do not fear. Adding in the words of Isaiah 43, I created summer. Do not be afraid. You are mine. I will be with you. You will not drown. The fires will not touch you. You are precious to me. His words never changed. Just like his promise for the Israelite people never changed. Even though they found themselves stuck between Pharaoh and the Red Sea, facing almost certain death in a fiery furnace, or in this stance, facing exile and not knowing how God was going to redeem them. God had continued to be faithful to them, redeeming them, rescuing them, providing for them in the many different situations that they found themselves in. And friends, God continued to be faithful to our little family. I'm happy to share we are on the other side of that particular storm, The hole in Summer's heart closed on its own. And you can imagine the gratitude that I felt the day that we sat across from her cardiologist and she confirmed that for us. And we thank God that he did that. But friends, hear me. Having walked through that journey and journey since, I can confidently say that God does not change. He would have been good even if he had chose not to close her hole. Because he is the exact same God who whispered, do not fear when I was pregnant. He's the exact same God that whispered, do not fear when I fell, when Skip hurt his ankle, when Summer was born with a hold in her heart. And he's the exact same God that has been with us every journey, every storm that we have walked through since. The truth is that God doesn't say, if you walk through storms, he says, when. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. He says, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And he says, when you walk through the fire of oppression, the flames will not consume you. The reality is that our lives are unpredictable. The situations in my life and your life are unpredictable. The things that we hold and celebrate today could be gone tomorrow. In the same way that the things that we grieve today could be healed and restored tomorrow. We cannot possibly know the future because only he does. Only God is omniscient. Only he knows everything. Only he is omnipresent. He can be everywhere with everyone at once. Only God is omnipotent, all-powerful, able to intervene at any moment of time. And our God who is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent says, do not be afraid because I am with you. Instead, he assures us that when life happens, not if, when we walk through stormy seasons, when we have great sunny days, when we face fires, rivers of difficulty, water, he will be with us and he will lead us through. Like that night that Skip coached me as a storm raged around our sailboat. All we need to do is listen for his voice and then trust in his ability to lead us through every situation and season that we find ourselves in. Like a parent, Guiding their child. God is a good father who stays close and leads us through every season that we find ourselves in. Isaiah 43 assures us just as it did for the Israelites we can trust our omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent God. And as we do that, we can be people, learn to be people, grow to be people who can confidently do this. We can look ahead and thank God. We can, sorry, we can look back. And thank God for what he has done. And then we can turn our heads and we can look at the future and thank God for what he is going to do in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are a good father. God, on this Father's Day, we declare that you are good, God. And it doesn't depend on what season we find ourselves in, God. For some of us, we are going through seasons of great joy, God. And today is going to be such a special reminder of your hand upon our lives, God. For those who are walking through seasons of joy, God, would you be there? Would you help us to see your hand, God, and recognize your provision in our lives? God, may our eyes always be turned to you, God. And in those seasons of joy, God, as as we enjoy our lives and things are going well and it's a sunny day and we're sailing on through, God, would you teach us to learn your voice? Would you teach us to hear you so that when we walk through different seasons, God, we might hear you even clearer, God? And I think of my friends who are walking through difficult seasons, stormy seasons, God, seasons that they did not see on the radar. I thank you that you did. I thank you that you know everything. And so you knew the seasons that we would walk through before we walked through them, God. I thank you, you're a good father and you provide for us before we walk through difficult seasons, God, and even as we walk through difficult seasons. God, would you intervene in ways that are so beyond our wildest dreams? Would you step into our lives, God, and help us. God, would you help us to see you in the complexity of our situations, God? Would you keep our eyes turned to you and our our ears attuned to your voice, Father? God, we declare you are a good father that has good things planned for his kids, God. And even though we walk through difficult seasons, God, I pray that you would continue to lead us so that we could continue to see your hand at work in our lives. In your name. Amen.
0: i you